Good afternoon to all of our fellow health enthusiasts. My name is Aubrey Mast and I'm a professor of nutrition. This is a new podcast developed by my friend and colleague, Dr. Charles Benz, and we call the show Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. We search the internet every day to find the best scientific studies that can be used to improve the health of every interested person. You will not see many of these studies in conventional media because most doctors do not have the time or the interest in finding them. And there are special interests that are also less than enthusiastic about you knowing about these studies. Every week, we will explore nutritional science that has the potential to prevent and even reverse 90% of chronic illness. This could save many lives and help to stop the healthcare crisis that will eventually bankrupt our country. This is frequently called functional medicine and has been adopted by thousands of doctors as well as some medical schools and hospitals, including the Cleveland Clinic. Today's program is entitled Beginning to Heal the Gut. Hi, welcome, Dr. Benz. Hi, Aubrey. Listen, I uh, I have personal experience with this problem. I think probably a lot of people do. I'm not going to get too much into it right away because I want to disguise it as uh, not being my problem, but being some other fictitious person's problem. And in, in the meantime, I'm going to let you take the lead because I think you probably have as much knowledge and experience about how the gut works as anybody, including me. So I'm going to let you start this program instead of me. Well, you know, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about ever. Um, You know, there's some research that's come out that 70 to up to 90% of all chronic illnesses that we experience within America at this point in time are related to our gut and the gut microbiome specifically and how it is operating or how it has been altered. Uh, And I think that's really the great place to begin is why does our gut become altered? Our gut becomes altered because we have taken antibiotics or we're consuming antibiotics within our food system or within our water system. Um, And our gut becomes altered because we eat diets that are extremely acidic and it throws off our bacterial colonies within the gut microbiome. We have gut alteration because of pharmaceuticals. We have gut alteration happening Um, because of our stress load. And so then we have the subsequent symptomologies that come forward where we have IBS or we have diarrhea um, or we develop leaky gut syndrome, which is really a precursor for a lot of autoimmune illnesses. And so there's lots of ways, in my opinion, that the the gut can become eroded, if you will, or altered through our dietary choices, through our lifestyle choices. But really, you know, the gut is known to be the second brain. And if our gut is not operating properly because there's not enough alkalinity, the junctions of the stomach lining are not tight and secure so that we are having the inability to absorb and digest nutrients the way we should be, then it can throw off our brain function. So this gut-brain axis is really important to understand because when we're talking about healing the gut, there's subsequent actions that are a result of healing the gut. Our immune system becomes um, stronger. Our brain function will become more uh, focused. We produce more neurotransmitters, typically uh, serotonin and dopamine. That's all held within this gut microbiome and how we are able to digest and utilize bacteria to really support the immune system function, but also the act of digesting and utilizing nutrients and minerals. Amen. Yes, I, I think that I've worked on this probably as, as long as you have, if not longer. And I'm learning something every 
week, every day practically about this because it's so complicated. But I usually say to people, let's start with not only the foods that you eat, but let's do something really interesting. Let's chew your food properly because this digestive problem that starts in there in the, in the mouth when you don't chew your food properly. So 15, 20, 30 times some foods, you know, not a banana, but certainly uh, meats and grains and things with, with some bulk in them, some fiber. And if you don't chew them enough, then you don't release amylase. And amylase is the enzyme that kind of starts the digestive process. And so if you don't chew properly, you not only don't get the particles small enough so that they can actually be digested properly, but you don't get enough of these amylase enzymes in there as well. And so the next course, the place is the stomach. So if you don't have the right balance of enzymes and acid in the stomach, then you're going to end up having a problem getting the food broken down to be able to get it into the intestine. So this whole intestinal health things begins with the stomach and, and the mouth. So get those two things right. Then make, make sure that you probably are, uh, need to take some probiotics or fermented food. I mean, I'm going to let you talk about the fermented food because, I mean, that's really magical in terms of feeding that bacteria. You, you, you have to make sure that there's a balance of the good and bad. And people say, well, I don't want any candida in, in, my, in, in my system or any of the bad bacteria. That's not true. You actually need a balance of about 70% really good bacteria, we'll call them, and 30% of the bad bacteria, as we call it. And it's that balance that if you get out of balance, that's when you start to have a problem. And then the fourth element is, okay, you've gotten those three things right. You're putting the right nutrients into your body. But if your cells aren't ready to receive those nutrients, if you have cells that are stiffened or somehow or other compromised, then it's a waste of time because then the nutrients that you've produced in your intestines don't get to your cells and, and, and then you don't have a healthy body. So it's that four-step process that I always say to people, you got to get it all right from the beginning of the right foods to the end of making sure the cells are functioning properly. I'm sure you can build on that because there's, there's lots to go after those four basic things are done. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the role of having a diverse bacterial colonies is really, I think, the center stage for when we talk about gut healing. Um, we can get in a rut through our dietary patterns where we have a, a prevalence of one type of bacterial strain or two types of bacterial strains. And I really appreciate a comment that you made a couple of minutes ago where you said, I'm learning something new about this realm every day. And, you know, I think that can't be overstated in the sense that we're just really in our infancy from a, a nutritional research standpoint of really understanding the complexity of the gut microbiome and how it relates to overall well-being. You know, the gut microbiome is 150 times larger than the human genome. So there's more genetic material found within the bacteria of our gut microbiome. It's comprised of almost 3 million cells. And so we're really trying to gather on to, well, what do each of these probiotic bacterial strains do within the gut and how do we influence them? Um, you know, and so the, a lot of times I work with clients and they're like, well, I'm just going to take one type of probiotic. And I really urge against that because it really can train the body to only produce that type of probiotic strain. And we really need this diversity. This is where the relevancy of fermentation 
is extremely important to look at. Uh, Sandor Katz wrote basically, you know, all of the books that you will ever need to read around fermentation. And he was diagnosed with HIV. And his story goes that he really believes he went into remission and reversed his HIV diagnosis through incorporating uh, a diversity of fermented foods. And so when we talk about probiotics and prebiotics, there's a difference. Prebiotics are coming from food-based sources, specifically plant sources, because of the bacteria found within the soil that we are farming the foods in. And so when we eat fermented foods, we are getting these phytochemical concentrations that are pertinent to whatever fruit or vegetable or plant-based food we're eating. And then we're also getting the prebiotics, um, the good bacteria that will help our bodies naturally form our own probiotic colonies. And so eating a diversity of fermented foods on a daily basis is really important because we're delivering you know, sometimes the research has shown two to three times the amount of phytochemicals than eating its raw counterpart through this act of fermentation. But when we're delivering those phytochemicals as fermented foods or fermented beverages, we're also delivering a really high concentration of probiotic colonies that are specific to whatever the fruit or the vegetable is. So it's essential when we talk about gut healing to create as diverse of a bacterial population as possible. And then that we can do that through supplements. We can get um, a multi-probiotic strain with a very high CFU colony forming unit. Um, and that can give us some diversity, which is really is really important, especially if we've ever taken an antibiotic. You know, the research has shown that one dose of an antibiotic, it will wipe out our good bacterial colonies or probiotic colonies for up and upwards of two years after taking that antibiotic. And when we are coupling that with having antibiotics remnants within our water and antibiotics within our animal consumption, you know, it, you can quickly see how the gut microbiome becomes unbalanced. And so anytime there's an antibiotic exposure, making sure we are supplementing with the probiotics, but then really using those fermented foods, kimchi, sauerkraut, dilly carrots, kombuchas, kefirs, to augment and to support the diversity of probiotic colonies is really important not only for gut healing but also for our immune system for our ability to absorb nutrients especially those alkaline nutrients and get them where they need to go Um, and then also for our brain health there's a lot of research that has shown that if our digestion is off then we are more likely to have cravings, we're more likely to have skin and allergy disturbances, we're more likely to have digestive trouble, clearly, um, depression and anxiety goes up, yeah, and, and then there's immune system uh, function that's decreased, all because of what's happening within our gut. Wow. Um, I feel like I just attended one of those greatest lectures, uh, because that was, that was filled <laughs> with good information. And, and I, th- I think to just augment that a bit, I mean, I think there's like hundreds of different strains of, of bacteria. So first of all, if you get a, a probiotic with, with five or 10 strains, you're, you're only catching about five or 10% of the actual strains that are in there. So exactly. the, the, the other thing is people say, well, you know, I've got, I've got a probiotic that has, you know, t- 10, 10 billion strain, 10, 10 billion live bacteria in it. And I go, well, that's really interesting. Every foot of your intestine has over 200 billion bacteria in it. <laughs> so your, your little 10 billion strain thing, it's, it's a drop in the bucket you know, mm-hmm. if you're going to repopulate this thing. And so 
I have used a little bit of it. It's not a trick, but in the morning when I take my probiotic and I do mix them up, like you said, I take a little bit of yogurt with it and a little bit of blueberry because guess what? The bacteria love sugar. I mean, they, they love to feed on sugar. And so if you give them a little yogurt, then the cofactors are there. And that's what's a lot, a lot of times missing with some of the probiotics. And so the yogurt gives them like a, a better base of the cofactors. And then the blueberries help to put the sugar in there to make this whole process multiply. Well, even with that kind of approach, you can end up with food sensitivities. And this is different from food allergies, all right? Food allergies give you an immediate response whenever you have that food. So that could be seafood or peanuts or, you know, the things that people get really sick when they, when they are exposed to them. But sensitivities are different. And I can remember, you know, years ago when I had IBS and I thought, you know, what the heck's going on? I think I know a lot about this. And I did one of these tests to find out what the food sensitivities were that I had. Oh my God. There were about 10 to 12 different things and they were different levels. Like some of them are called, they, they like a high, medium and low levels of, of influence. And I had about 10 to 12 of these in the kind of high to medium. Do you know that as soon as I stopped those foods within 24 hours, my, my, my gut stopped misbehaving. And I thought, did I ever learn something or did I ever learn something? And so I think people, I mean, there are a number of tests out there. There's a Genova test. There's an Alcat test. And these are not the kind of tests where you have to have uh, little pick, picks, picks on, the, on your back where you get the, the blood. Now, these are, these are actual urine and, and, uh, and blood tests that can actually tell you, two, they can, they, some of them can do 250 foods. And they can tell you if you have fungus. They can tell you if you have all kinds of other, even they can test your supplements to see whether your supplements are causing some food sensitivities. So I would say, go to DHA Labs, that's the lab company that we recommend, and one of our sponsors, and get one of these really good food sensitivity tests. That, to me, is one of the starting points to find out, because it's an elimination process. You have to eliminate things. Anyway, somebody I know, we won't, we won't say who, uh, went through this IBS thing, and they did all these things that, that they, they weren't getting the results. Then all of a sudden, they attended a workshop and they learned about spore bactillus. And I thought, spore bactillus, how is that different? And what it is, is it's, it's bactillus uh, indicus and bactillus subtilis and bactillus coagulans, coagulans and bactillus uh, lycoformis and uh, uh, bacillus glossus. And I thought, wow, those are spore. Okay, what's the difference? Well, what the difference is, those are the things, ones that will close those gaps and junctions in your intestines. And until you get those junctions closed, nothing else is going to work because your whole chemistry of your intestines will be impeded until you close those gaps. And guess what? This, this was the spore bactillus that did it. And there are certain strains. There's about four or five strains, which I just named. And there's a, comp, there's a, a product. I don't usually mention products, but there's one called Mega, Mega Spore. And uh, I really like that company. And, they've, and one of the things that the webinar person recommended was make sure you get a product 
that has actually been tested, that they did their own independent testing to find out whether this, this product really worked or not. And they did. They had eight tests that they actually had done to prove that it did exactly what they said it did. So to me, that was one of the aha moments in, in this last week uh, when I realized that that particular spore bacteria were the thing that was making all the difference. Now, you can add colostrum. Colostrum is really great uh, for helping the, the bacterial growth and function in the body and closing those gaps as well. And of course, L-glutamine helps to rebuild and, and remodel the intestines uh, so that that's one of the most healing elements that, that we need in the gut. And so that amino acid is the one that is the most reparative that I think of any of the amino acids. So those are the kind of things that I think uh, you have to dig a little bit deeper sometimes in, into these issues in order to find the things that really, really work for you. And so it, it's, it's not an exact immediate process. Sometimes it's a trial and error process, but eventually if you dig deep enough, you will find the solution. And, and I don't know whether you have any case studies or stories about that to share, but I, I think all of these things can be resolved. You just have to really dig sometimes to get the science. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I also think that it's, uh, you know, what I shared around the research around one antibiotic dosage wrecking and changing our gut microbiota for up to two years after, um, you know, and the science really showing that leaky gut is more prominent than what we currently even understand um, as we're still trying to figure out how many bacteria strains are naturally found within the gut microbiome. I think it's really important to understand that healing the gut does not happen just by taking a supplement. It does not happen overnight. Um, it's all of the pieces. It's finding out where your food sensitivities are. It's looking at like doing a dietary recall. I think is really essential for all. I mean, all of my clients go through a dietary recall of I eat this and up to 84 hours later, these are the symptomologies that I'm experiencing. And to think about it outside of the box, how's your sleep? Is your skin itchy? What are the under eye circles looking like? Because these are all um, indicative of that there could be food sensitivities and using the labs that help support figuring out where your food sensitivities are at. And then knowing that as you heal the gut, it's you know, just a continual process of eating fermented foods, making sure they're really diverse, making sure you're having your probiotics, uh, paying attention to where you have your food sensitivities at, incorporating soil-bound organisms, so making sure that your fruits and vegetables are organically grown so that, that you don't have that chemical residue, which can also alter your um, your pH and also your gut microbiome, and then you know addressing the water situation. And a lot of these topics that we're talking about, you have already heard many remnants of them in previous podcasts. Yeah, and 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 <laughs> in, in in closing, I'm going to tell a story about this individual that was having this challenge recently, and this is the weirdness of the protocol uh, that actually started to work. So. The first thing in each meal is a couple of uh, tablespoons of sauerkraut. And so this is, this is food for the, for the bacteria. And, and so then uh, you take your very uh, large dose of your mixed probiotic strains. And so now the, the probiotic strains is, is sitting in this, uh, <laughs> this base of fermented foods. And then on top of that, you put some tapioca. 
uh, tapioca is uh, like it's like glue. I mean, when you cook it and, and you and you look at it, you go, oh, my God, do I really want to eat that? And the answer is yes, you want to eat that. If you have if you have IBS that, that is sort of diarrhea based, you want to eat the tapioca. It will slow down everything. <laughs> and so it's it, it, you, you have a little sandwich here of the sauerkraut, the probiotics and the tapioca. Now, when you eat something, you want to eat food that has no gluten, has no dairy, and especially you know, avoid meat for a while because meat's very hard to digest. And so if you, if you go with a, a, a diet that even has breads that are made from non, non-grain products like nuts and seeds, it's better off to just avoid the grains altogether. All of a sudden, you'll find that even the most disruptive gut will start to behave itself. Now, you're right. It, it won't get healed or back to normal. But if you get it back to the point where you're not having distress every few hours or every day, then at least you feel like I'm making progress. And so this just was a little story that I thought I would share so that people don't get disheartened and say, you know, how do I how do I get this resolved? And I've had somebody close to me uh, resolve their issue, which was the constipative version of, of gut problems. And so we are learning all the time about how to do this thing and do it right. And so I, I don't know whether there's, you're right, there's no 100% secret for anyone. Everybody's case is a little bit different. And so you you just have to, if, if you can find a doctor that, that knows this well enough, then, you know, certainly work with that doctor and, and find some solutions. But I'm finding a lot of people are doing this with self-care. They're doing it on their own because they're the ones that are passionate about it. They're the ones who want to do the research because they want a solution. And so I think the information is out there. You and I are just kind of touching the the edges of, of what's available and possible to, to deal with this. And But I think it's, it's maybe given people some inspiration to know that Almost every illness, as you started out early in the program, saying almost every illness can be helped with, with improving the gut. And I'm now developing a new brain panel that's, that's, that's designed to help us detect uh, brain challenges like uh, uh, depression and anxiety and schizophrenia and, and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's five to ten years before those diseases actually manifest. And do you know... I had to put gut health biomarkers into this brain panel because there was no other way that I was going to be able to fix anybody's brain unless I fixed their gut first. And so I don't know whether other brain panels have these gut markers in them, but I know when I, when I went to the researchers that I was working with, they said, I don't think we've known anybody that's done this before. Let's put all these gut markers into your brain panel. And I said, well, it's somewhere between 70 and 80% of all serotonin is made in the gut. And so if, if you want to get the brain to be working happily and, and be able to avoid things like depression and anxiety and other problems, then you better make sure the gut's working. So this is a project that I'm actually working on this week. I have the call with DHA Labs today to finalize this brain panel. It should be up on our website within the next week or so. I'm really looking forward to getting some results from it because I think this is going to be the best brain panel uh, out there. And that's my goal. 
So anything to add before we close, Aubrey? I just think that if people are looking for um, a resource for them to have in their homes, I cannot recommend Dr. Liz Lipsky's work. She's with the Institute of Functional Medicine and has written as an astounding book that has been um, updated several times called Digestive Wellness. And that is a beautiful book along with a ton of resources that will absolutely support your journey towards healing your gut. Yeah, I agree 100%. I have her book and I, I access it not regularly, but when, when needed, when a, when a client needs it, I will definitely pull that book out because it's, it's one of my go-to resources for the gut. So thanks for adding that. And uh, I want to, on that point, tell our listeners that Aubrey Mast has a new book out. And there's a good chance that uh, we're going to be reviewing that book in the next week or two. And so I wanted to give everybody, uh, what's, what's, what's the title, Aubrey? Opti uh, uh, the a title of the book is Adapting Resiliently. Adapting Resiliently. So uh, we're going to review that book. And uh, I'm going to try not to be too hard on her. <laughs> um, I'm going to be as kind as I can be because I know that she has done her research and she does everything out of her heart. And uh, I think that there's going to be a combination here of the mind, the body, and the spirit uh, in right. Aubrey's book. So we'll be talking about that book in a couple of weeks. So keep your eye out for that one. And I'd like to take a few minutes to thank our sponsors. First, I'd like to thank uh, Southern Trust Financial Planning, my go to financial planning company because they're into wellness and they help their clients to be well as well as healthy and, and wealthy. So I think this is important uh, if you're going to have a financial planner in your life uh, to have somebody that really cares about you and your body and your mind and uh, not only your bank account, but uh, making sure that you can take advantage of the any wealth in, that you've developed in your life. So uh, financial trust, financial planning, or Southern Trust Financial Planning is the company that I would recommend for that. DHA Labs, which I, we mentioned earlier, has so many valuable tests uh, for almost every illness. And so I use their, I have a wellness panel, I have an immune function panel, I have some cancer panels, I'm now gonna have this brain panel, and I wouldn't work with anybody else as far as getting these tests uh, done and, and get them done in a cost-effective way, and the services that they provide are really timely and really valuable. And so I would recommend DHA Labs to any individual or any organization that's uh, looking for a way to assess their health. Paddock Pools has the healthiest pools because they have this device. I call it a vacuum extractor. I, th I think it's probably a, a, an accurate term for the technology, but uh, it actually takes the chlorine gas off the surface of the pool so that when you're swimming and you're breathing in, you're breathing good oxygen, you're not breathing in uh, you're not breathing in chlorine gas, which can really cause problems. It can reduce your zinc levels. It can affect your vitamin D3 levels. And, and too much of this chlorine gas in your life can actually cause cancer and other illnesses. So making sure that you have a pool that has this vacuum extractor in it from paddock pools, I think is the best way, the healthiest way to swim at any age. And finally, MPB Health. MPB Health is a medical cost sharing company. And so when you're looking for somebody that uh, maybe you have insurance, but maybe the cost of that insurance is going through the roof, but not because of something you did, because something that other people in the group that you belong to has done increases your rates. Well, MPB Health actually motivates everybody to be healthy because 
whenever there's an issue with any one person and everybody shares it. And so they're, they're into this for the reason of being healthy and keeping their insurance costs down. I, I think the statistics, statistics show that they are actually able to reduce the uh, health insurance costs by 30 to 50% by encouraging people to be well and to make sure that they stay well with all the kinds of programs that Aubrey and I talk about on our radio show. So those are our sponsors. We're really happy to have them. I want to thank our listeners for uh, tuning in. Uh, you can tune in 24-7. You don't have to just wait for Wednesday at 2 p.m. to tune in. 24-7, it's available on Radio MD. And so we really thank Radio MD for providing that service for us as well. So Aubrey, thanks for a great program. You pulled the, uh, the, the topic out of the fire this morning because I was prepared for the first one we did today, but the second one, I got to confess, I was counting on you because I knew this was an area of expertise for you. So thanks, you, you did uh, a fantastic job as usual. Okay, bye for now.